0: Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey
1: guys, it's Gina
0: with Sidewalk Talk. This is Blink.
1: What's up? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Damn it's really really
0: Okay, so you are from Australia.
1: <laughs> I am from Australia, yeah. Bundaberg. Bundaberg. Yeah, 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 I was born in, born in Bundaberg. So
0: tell me what life was like growing up in Australia.
1: Uh, it was good. I mean, I love Australia. It's fantastic over there. It's always kind of a bit more laid back than here, I think is what people call it. But, I mean, I grew up in a place called Canberra, which is the national t- capital territory for anyone who doesn't realize that. It's not Sydney. Um, and it's like a big small town it's got like four hundred thousand people and um you get to know everyone so it's one of those kind of cities you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh but it was it was awesome it's a very family kind of oriented place and um yeah it was really good to grow up in it was like a it's one of those places where especially becoming like a dj whatever you're kind of doing you can kind of get to the top of where you're trying to go like not fairly quickly but like a bit easier than say how
0: would your family and friends growing up describe you <laughs>
1: I have no idea, I suppose probably active, I was like, big into sports, yeah. that was like what I thought I was going to kind of do before I really found music, um, and creative stuff I guess. My teachers would describe me as distracted, they did. They would
0: describe uh, me as distracted? <laughs> for like my
1: entire, for the entirety of like, my at least primary schooling years, all of my report cards was easily distracted, so. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs>
0: <laughs> your family is pretty creative. So your sister, but your sister, mom, dad, they're all pretty creative. That's kind of how you got your creative side from.
1: Yeah, yeah. So my my mom was a painter, an artist. She's always been into art, like drawing and all that kind of stuff. She was the one who really showed me the guitar as well. She was a musician to some extent and um My dad's a journalist, so I suppose that in itself is, you know, relies on some sort of creativity. Um, And he was a really good one. I learned a lot of my English Nazism off him. (laughs) Um, And yeah, my sister's also a painter, um, and my brother was a drama, so we all had some sort of creativity in us, whether it be I don't know, drawing or painting or music or something. Did you
0: think you were gonna follow in any of those footsteps?
1: I growing up at the time. Yeah, I mean I hoped so. Because I was always sort of creative or athletic. So it was either one of those two, I guess. Um,
0: so what sports were you involved in?
1: Uh, so I guess the main ones were I was I was a cricketer, so I was a state rep cricketer. If anyone knows what cricket is. <laughs> any of the American viewers. Uh, you have a bat and a ball. It's it's kind of similar to baseball in a sense, but you have, like, two batsmen. Look it up. Anyway, I was really good <laughs> at that. Um, and then I was also a soccer player or a football player. Um, didn't quite get the state for that, unfortunately. But I thought that was, like, my best sport. But I didn't quite get there.
0: Which one's the sport that you won something in?
1: Um, so cycling was, like, my... Cycling. Yeah, track cycling was my sort of... Um, the last big thing that I did, and that was I, I was like th- third in Australia for a starting like 250 meters. So I got like from standing start to like 250 meters like fairly fairly quickly, I guess. Right. So yeah, I was aiming to like get into the Olympics and stuff for that before the <laughs> before, I kinda, before I lost. Yeah, well, I was like We're pretty close. I was I was fairly close. So I was expecting to get like the 2022 20, was it something like that. Um, trying to get into that anyway, like, who friggin' knows? I was sort of, I dropped out at, stopped doing it when I was, like, 18. Um, when I started to find music and all that kind of stuff. And, like, the kind of group that I was in, I, it was hard to, hard to keep going. I was, like, the only sole sprinter, and so it was difficult to, like, train on my own. There was no, like, community for me to really get involved in. There was, like, a bit of a boys' club thing going on. It was one of those things where I was just, like, and at that point in my life, I was, like, I need friends and support and all that kind uh, of shit when i'm doing like yeah, something true. like that it was hard to kind of right. continue on in right. a sense but yeah but that was like that was my thing and then i was doing athletics and stuff as well so i was like a long jumper and a sprinter and all that jazz so yeah
0: geez and okay so that was 18 when you decided to
1: uh, yeah, leave s- that
0: and go into music
1: yeah to some extent i was Cause like you
0: were juggling being a barista yeah and managing a club
1: yeah, yeah. So when I, was all that? That was I, I started working at a club when I was eighteen and six months. A club called Academy in Canberra, which is like the big sort of super club. How'd there. you get
0: that? Like what what made did you, get... What made you want to be a manager at a club?
1: Well, I originally just started out as like a as, as a glassy um As a what? As a
0: glassy pe- I was picking up glasses. Oh
1: Yeah. And then I got into the bar Doesn't and then I worked bus my bully? way. Busboy? Busboy. Sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. We call it glassy. You're picking up glasses, you know what I mean? Okay,
0: wow, okay. then. terminology.
1: Yes, and then um, I was working in cafes since I was like 15, mm-hmm. and one of the girls I worked in a cafe with worked at Academy, and she was like, oh, you should come like bartend and stuff, because I was doing bartending at the cafe as well, so I was doing like coffee and alcohol and all that kind of stuff, so I went and did that because I thought it sounded like fun. Um, and then I was DJing when I was like 17, so before this, Um, And so that was kind of like my leg in and then from there, I worked up to being the manager and like the week that I got the management role, I got, started getting my first DJing gigs, so I kind of had to like quit the managing role and then, well I didn't quit the managing role then, I was like... (laughs) On Thursday nights I'd like, um... I'd, I'd bartend until about 12 o'clock, I'd change my clothes in, in the bathroom, go run up and play and DJ from 12 till 2. For that
0: same club? For
1: the same club, uh-huh. and then j- <laughs> go get changed again, jump back in the bar and close the bar from 2 till like 4 or 5. So what? I'd like, everyone, everyone would be like, wait, you were just like serving my drinks, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> so that and, was fun. And you,
0: that's like something you wanted to do.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed serving drinks and making drinks, and I was like getting into the whole mixology thing and Mm -hmm. whatever. So, but I got more into, well, I got really into bartending and like making drinks and doing all that stuff. And then I got really into like the coffee making side of things. So it was kind of like I wanted to do one of those two, but it was like, it was full on work and it wasn't as sort of creative. And I realized that, you know, once I could actually make my own music, then that was definitely the thing that I wanted to do. So
0: Yeah, so at what point... Did you decide I want to start producing music and not just DJing?
1: I I wish I could remember the point that I've like figured all that out, but I remember like finding Logic, which was like the DAW that everyone uses, the workstation, um, on Apple. And it's like, you know, how you got Ableton and like Logic and FL Studio and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I found that. And I was like, holy shit, like I can put all these sounds together because I was playing guitar since I was like 10 years old and stuff as well and I wanted to do the whole band thing, but it was hard to find bands and you know, I I feel like this is like every dubstep producer's sad story. we (laughs) We were all into like metal and then we couldn't make it in a band so we started making our own shit and made Dovestep, and here we are. <laughs> so, I guess, like, that's that's more or less my story as well.
0: Did someone introduce it to you, or did you kind of I, find it on your own? I
1: have no idea. I feel like I found it on my own, because I don't know who would have, like, introduced me to it at that point in time. Oh. Um, I know there was, like, a few other DJs around who were trapped days when it was started first coming out, and, like, the Moombaton, and um, they were all making that stuff, and I was like, what the hell? So, I kind of think I probably got, like, exposed to it.
0: At what point... Did you decide that you wanted to take a step further and go full time with the blank project?
1: I was doing like, you know, DJing and like I was making like Big Room House and like Melbourne Bounce and doing all that stuff Um, back when it was like a big thing. I originally started making like drum and bass and um, like progressive like melodic house. like. Dead mouse kind of stuff, but like, you know, eight, ten minute drawn-out songs, because I, did, <laughs> I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I was like, this seems like, this seems right. It's all the metal and stuff I used to listen to was like eight minutes long as well, and I thought that was like a normal song, so I really enjoyed doing that, but then I like fell into the other scene that was a bit more <laughs> accessible to people, um, and that was kind of easier to make as well, and that was as, um, like it was a thing called Lukey, that was my project, and I guess I started making heavier stuff um, when I started getting into like Mumbaton and like um, that kind of mid tempo shit and then making like trap dub, like dubstep and stuff like that and then once I started doing that um, I got sort of I kept like flinging um, demos at Ministry of Sound and I knew the A&R, hit A&R there um, and he finally said yeah we want to sign one of your records and I was like I remember that moment when I was in I was like closing up the like one of my cafe that I was working mm-hmm. in, and um he sent me that message and I just like fucking dropped to the ground and I was like,
0: oh my How god. How many did you send? To I the place? was only.
1: Well, I mean like that was one of the, f- I think that was one of the first ones I sent to him because I was like super picky. Oh, so picky. one of the
0: first ones you sent. Yeah, to get signed.
1: Yeah, I think so. What? But then like that one didn't even get released in the end because like each week I was sending him something that was like, I don't know, I was like, when when producers are at this kind of point like every month they get just get better and better and better you know what I mean so it's like at that point in time I was kind of just sending new stuff and we ended up like releasing other things which ended up being Black Mamba and Koji Um, so yeah that was like one of my first releases as as blank but basically what I mean was what is getting to is that like we sent him all this stuff and then we all decided that um, we needed a new like project for it because it didn't really fit the the brand anymore Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how that came about
0: Oh, that's awesome. When did you decide you wanted to move to LA?
1: Well, there was like a whole like stepping stone of Sydney to do before that, because I was still in Canberra at that point.
0: Mm -hmm. And... Because you met your your manager, which kind of...
1: Yeah, I... I,
0: Expedited the whole process. I
1: guess, yeah, he was definitely like... He's been the absolute turning point with like everything in terms of my music life. But we met when I was booking. I was booking shows with a friend back in canberra and we were doing like these random little nights because it was fun to <laughs> it was fun to do we like put on themes nights and stuff and i knew that he was um managing one of the guys that we were going to book and i was like sweet this will be perfect because he's going to come down and we can like i can show music and all that kind of stuff so um yeah i did that and he liked what he heard and um so then uh it was kind of from there it was him saying you know we need we need to go to sydney like we, ne- we need you up in in this kind of scene and then i just did do it and so i finally kind of bit the bullet and moved
0: and then now you're in l.a
1: and now i'm in l.a it's the same same (laughs) deal it was basically like after the whole yeah we just had to do the whole visa thing and i was yeah i was in sydney for two years and got the hell out of there and now i'm here the library oh my gosh oh is that the free book thing oh my god i need to do this one day I see them everywhere America's got these and I I'd rarely see them in Australia but um. I need to bring a book with me wherever I go so I can like put one in well,
0: obviously a whole bunch of great things are happening with the blank project yes. but outside of that yes. what are some challenges some struggles that you deal with within either personally or in, within the music business
1: um Interesting because I suppose music is taking up like almost 100% of my life at the moment, which yeah. is which is great um, But I mean like it's always been a struggle I Found to like relationships are always the one thing that I guess pop up with anything that you know Anyone who has work that is overtaking their life um, Yeah, relationships are kind of the one thing like I find I have a very 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 small like you know circle of friends now Um a lot of them are on the internet.
0: <laughs> you know what, I noticed that's me too. Twitter
1: yeah. friends are like, Yeah, you know, Twitter friends, friends,
0: Instagram friends.
1: Nah, but thankfully, like, the cool <laughs> thing is, like, a, a lot of my, I had, like, a lot of my internet friends did live in LA, so by the time I moved to LA, it, I already had, like, this, I had a better, social, I have a better social life here than I did back at home. Yeah. You know, a lot of my producer friends are doing what I do, live here, and it's really, it's been really good. Um, so they've kind of shown me around LA and, like, showed me the ropes and got me comfortable here. Um,
0: that's so nice.
1: Yeah, it's been really good. And like your friends
0: g- are the best friends. No,
1: oh. they well, have been. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I suppose that's been the one thing. And, like, I can't, you know, holding holding any sort of, like, solid girlfriend situation has always been hard, whether or not it be, like, well, I mean, like, it's either a jealousy issue or it's, like, a you're never around type thing. And it's, like, that's all, all totally... F- valid and fair points that's just not a whole lot especially like right now because it's just like it's freaking like it's go time it's for really what we're sunny. doing so it's gonna yeah. be even worse than the sun's behind us but it's, it's gonna so be blown out
0: for my eyes my eyes. it'll
1: be once we can get past these trees okay. see so, yeah, i suppose that is the first thing that pops into my head um the other things i guess that i i personally deal with is Huh? Your gut. My gut. Yeah, I know (laughs) this. That's what I was getting to. Uh, Yeah, I guess it's like my my gut gut issues. I know a lot of people have like really worse off stuff. Like they have probably celiac disease and all that kind of stuff. So, mine is like a kind of like um, more minor version of that, I guess. It just means like my diet is like super restricted in terms of like I can't have any grains can't do like dairy and all that kind of stuff which both of those in itself mean i have to cut back to pretty much like just vegetables and meat which is like fine and it's been like that's been a bit of a journey for me since i like moved to america since i figured out what all this stuff was was and i was like you know living life like it was i thought it was normal and i was like why am i like tired all the fucking time like i thought i just had like an iron deficiency or something that i couldn't figure out but it just we finally figured out that my gut was like hating what I was putting in it. Who's
0: we? Who figured out that? Um, me and
1: my sister. My sister's always been really good with like looking out for me. I guess when I'm like oh. just doing my shit, she'll be like, you know, in another city, going, hey, like, are you surviving? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, why do you look pale? <laughs> oh. And I'll be like, uh, do I? She's like, yeah. And then so she got me to go see like my a naturopath that she um and my mom saw all the time and she was like an absolute godsend because she was the one who sort of told me what was going on with my insides and why it was kind of like why my gut was hating me um and that might the fact that my gut was hating me i just i didn't know what was going on like i was mm-hmm. like i had pimples and i was like 24 and i was like what the hell am i why am i not passing <laughs> like I'm not a Going through puberty anymore. I have never, I never really had that big of an issue with it. So it was like, mm-hmm. the fact that, that was coming around was like weird. I was like tired all the time. Um, especially touring, it was really difficult because I'd like fly like two hours up to Brisbane or whatever, and then I'd be like exhausted just from like that little bit of travel. I'd have to nap before gigs, and I'd feel like weirdly terrible. And I was like, what? It like this surely isn't normal. And so thankfully, she was like, hey, like stop being an idiot and go care for yourself. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, true. That's probably not a bad idea." And then, yeah, I guess this naturopath sort of told me to stop eating things like anything mainly processed, like grain, like grains and all that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. just to stick with brown rice and whole grains. And um, chocolate was one of those bad things. That I was supposed to not Aww. have like raisins, like just random little things that she was able to test for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all natural. Everything she um, like told me to do from there was all kind of like all the supplements were, you know, they were supplements. They weren't like A cure like in a drug sense it was like hey just have like b12 vitamins and you'll be fine type thing and it's like and it it worked and it was amazing like so cutting out things and re getting the balance like rejigged back into my body was like really game-changing and then from there it was kind of like more of a journey into that like still finding out like if i was reacting to things then figuring out what they were and then yeah I just wow, it, it was like yeah. you have
0: everything figured out as far as <laughs> nutrition and staying healthy well no
1: I mean like it's, it's, not it's a constant I... it's a constant freaking battle at the moment because yeah. like I <laughs> I made a curry the other night and I put like this little jar of like Trader Joe's like curry garam masala mixture like it was a uh, liquid stuff yeah it was, it was fantastic tasted amazing I thought I checked the ingredients the night I was up like all night with stomach pains no. going what the hell is going on because I make everything from scratch so I know what's in them and ooh bee. <laughs> I like bees sorry like, it's just like terrifying um and I was like what the fuck's going on and then I checked the checked the jar and it said like second ingredient was milk and I'm like an idiot so I was like <laughs> just little things like that can like completely screw me over and like i need to so be super careful milk? i can't have milk apparently no
0: dairy
1: no da- i can have cheese oh okay good yeah i well, good. like I, I i have cheese i don't know if i can't have cheese <laughs> okay but I can do it
0: anyway. okay thank god
1: um so yeah it's it's stuff like that, that kind of you know and like even the stuff that's supposed to be like gluten-free is often worse for me than actually having gluten in a weird way like i'll have um like lentil pasta and it will absolutely level me for like days and the weird thing is it's not like because this gut thing there's like so many hormones in your gut that like relay back to your brain that like affect how affect your mood as well as everything else so it's like i'd be like like depressed for like two or three days just because i had fucking the wrong food and i was like this is absolute insanity really wow yeah so the, like, it's, like it's super sensitive yes or like yeah a lot of people these days are like it's a big thing at the moment people's gut health gut health is just really terrible Um, and it's because of all the processed stuff we have and like all the sugars and all the stuff that we put into our produce that's like yeah kind of wrecking our insides but um, yeah we just have to be kind of careful of that and some people are getting like affecting more than others Um, and I guess yeah it's just like one of those one of those things you know (laughs) so just trying to every you know trying to keep on top of it where I can't that was a rant sorry yeah (laughs) I'll
0: I'll put all that in there it's actually very informative yeah but what's next for the blank project you have Red Rocks coming up, which is a huge deal. Yeah,
1: yeah, so Red Rocks is, this is a really nice house. Um, these are
0: really nice houses. Yeah, we're in a good part. Yeah, I don't, these are goals, house goals. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Yeah, Red Rocks is coming up, I'm supporting Elenium on Thursday the 10th, which is like super exciting. Um, It'll be main support for that one at Red Rocks, so it'll be like nighttime, and it'll be full, and I'm going to play with my music, and it's going to be fun, so yeah, we got that.
0: Anything special for that
1: show? Um, yeah, I mean, we've got like a bunch of different things to premiere, um, I've been working a lot on like vocal singles, um, and some melodic music, which has like really been, realistically been a great passion of mine, um, even though I've kind of gotten... Somewhat recognized by heavier music, (laughs) Um, so I'm really excited to like put these out because I'm really proud of them. It's taken a while for me to be like happy with that style of music that I'm making, Um, so I've got a couple of those tracks coming in there. Um, What else have I got? Got like a couple of remixes. Oh, I'll be doing, I'll be playing the Paramore remix, that everyone's been talking about. (gasps) Oh my
0: god, I wanna, I wanna hear that. Yeah, yeah, so bad.
1: (laughs) So it's like another melodic one, which is really cool. Um, I've kind of it's it's funny like what you can do to a to a, a vocal stem mm-hmm. like and kind of rewrite the entire mood of the track yeah. just by like a chord progression behind it. It always like
0: I'm so Paramore <laughs> yeah. was like
1: ah oh, Paramore is the shit. Hayley Williams yeah. I was like I need oh. to get her on one of my tracks. She was
0: like, y- yep, that's goals.
1: Wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd be so good. Um yeah, so like I have got a couple of those um, there's I uh, got a collab coming out with Godlands really soon as well, which will be like Day before day, day after day after Red Rocks. So we we'll playing oh, that of wow. Red Rocks too, which would be cool. She's like a um, Yeah, wow. so Godlands is an Australian um, act who Is making some dope shit. She has a lot of trap stuff um, But yeah, really excited. She's got the most like dank. I, I don't know how to say this probably but she's like her, her steez is unmatched I'm a big fan. The way she dresses, <laughs> how she presents herself is just fucking fire. She's like to, the Billie Eilish of like Australia. To, I have to see. <laughs> I have to see. Yeah, she's great. So we've got this really awesome track coming out, which I'm super excited for. Awesome. We've got a few people like playing it out and stuff. BDSM been playing it in all their sets and all that kind of shit. So it's, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's going to be a good night. Very, very keen. I'm excited for you. Yeah, we What's got a few other. Sure? few other dates on the um, Ascend tour as well. Like we've got Washington, which probably has already happened by the time this comes out. Mm -hmm. Um, As well as a few other dates. So yeah, very stoked to be on that tour.
0: What do you want to be remembered for?
1: (sighs) Um, That's a difficult question. I want to just, I want to say music, but I want to make like a a decent impact. I don't want to just be like I want to make a really good album that's like really tells a good story that's somewhat impactful on the scene. I like how tight knit the EDM scene is, and I hope that I can make some sort of impact on on that, on the way that we view music um, and progress things like forward. I'm always kind of I don't know. I want things, everything that I do to be somewhat um, forward-thinking, have somewhat of it, like some form of initiative to it. Um, to keep things moving, because so I think that's like paramount, I want to be able to like, that's a huge spider. That's
0: oh good. my god, you scared <laughs> the shit out of me, I thought you meant like a real one!
1: That would have been crazy.
0: <gasps> yeah, make
1: some sort of impact on the, on this scene, I love awesome. how like, yeah, I love how tight we all are, and to be remembered in here in any way, shape or form would be amazing.
0: Okay, well thank you so much for doing this interview! Of course! This is blank, blank music. Eek. All right, over there. Yeah. All right, guys, this is fan questions. So many questions I have to filter through <laughs> these. Um, Thanks, guys. All right. Benos48, what's the weirdest thing you've done with a banana? <laughs>
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm. There are no, like, proper answers to that question. <laughs> I've eaten it. I may have eaten it like with some sort of like inappropriateness but that's about as far as I've gone bananas are to be respected don't do anything stupid with them
0: Um, do you have any tours planned?
1: Uh, so we've got got a big little tour coming up Um, big little tour did you you like that?
0: big little tour I got a
1: tour coming up it's got like 40 plus dates on it I can't tell you when or where but if I don't come through your city I'm gonna be pretty surprised. So yeah, I'm excited for that.
0: <laughs> yep. Um, how do you go about creating your sets, organized by key, BPM, fave songs?
1: Um, these days, it depends. Like, what kind of deal. The
0: de- real Will Was- Russell. Sorry.
1: Oh yeah. I have to say right. Thanks, Will. Um, it's changed over the course of my DJ career, I guess. Like, depends what you're doing it for. Depends what your sets for. Um, if it's like a warm-up set, I'll do it differently, to if it's a headline set. Um, My headline sets now are different compared to what they were back a couple years ago. Like, I've got a lot more of my own music now, so a lot of the stuff I play now is like edits of my own stuff, edits of other people's, and a lot of it is um, melodic mixing. So I'll try and make things fit, um, you know, melodically so they're all nice and sonic and we probably should go oh, that sure. way um yeah so it kind of goes that way we try to i try to have some sort of flow in terms of bpm um i know that's not the most like amazing answer but there's a whole lot to it that like i kind of i need to sit down and like, <laughs> you tell you all about
0: um polyggg best crowd you've ever had Ooh, probably gonna be my bronx
1: Maybe. I mean, there's a difference between, like, a big crowd and a good crowd. Um, there could be a crowd of 50 people that know who you are and are there for you and, like, Aww. love your stuff and go absolutely crazy for 60 minutes. And then there could be a 1,000 to 5,000 people that, you know... True. Uh, may not know you but still, like, go hard. But it's, like, it's a different, different feeling. So, I mean... A memorable crowd for sure was the Hawaii crowd. So, one of my first um, US gigs um, I did it at Hawaii, and that was one of the best weekends of my life. But um, that crowd there was really cool. And uh, the Chinese laundry crowds are always amazing. That's in Sydney. I keep hearing about that. Place. Yeah, you'll hear a lot, apparently. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I mean, the LA crowd is really good when I did my debut here. Um, yeah, I remember a really good set in Tampa. That was like a 90-minute one. I really enjoyed that. And the crowd there was, like, just so engaged for so long. And um, that I really loved. Yeah.
0: Uh, Chipper Daniels, what do you do Chipper. when you feel... What do you do when you feel like you can't make anything?
1: I had a good chat about this to someone else the other day. I think it was yesterday, like, on Instagram. Um, writer's book is, like, a really weird thing that I've found differs between person to person obviously it's a super subjectional thing like but i think it's got to do with um like setting your productivity right like it's got to do with prevention as opposed to cure so like um if i will have some sort of you know routine through the day that makes me make sure that i won't get into those positions where I won't get into something where I'm like, oh, I can't write now because, like, you you can't be on the creative side of your brain constantly. Like a lot of people just kind of try to write and write and write and write and write and write, and you just get burnt out. Your brain can't deal with that. You need to kind of go back and forth. And you need to like give your brain a rest. You need to go and read. You need to go and exercise. You need to go and like do all these things that your body like requires. Like have a hobby that's not just making music you know what i mean because that will always reset your brain so by the time you come back to writing music you have a fresh like head about it and you can you know you can always write i mean but to get things to get out you just i don't know go and like i say go and read go for a walk go think about something else or i find um sound design tutorials are always a nice place to start (laughs) getting new sounds is like super handy to like start writing
0: Waffles or pancakes?
1: Neither, because I can't have grains.
0: <laughs> Who's your dream collab?
1: Oh, uh, this question is always super interesting too. I collabs are funny because you want like collabs to be uh, beneficial to both parties, um, I find. Or you need to like you know, yeah, in whatever way that may be, whether you're learning something from someone else or whatever. Like I love. Rob Swire. I love Pendulum and Knife Party and the way he writes and I would love to learn from him, but I don't think I'd want to collaborate with him. Um, he is like an idol type thing. Same with like Porter Robinson for example. I can't exactly see myself like collaborating with him and like
0: Oh, so it's more people you want to learn from, not really. I like guess,
1: but it's right? like yeah, I don't know how to explain just it because like I, I just don't I yeah, I don't think I could bring to the table what I, that's is this must this is probably just my self doubt, but I can't bring to the table what they would be able to on their own.
0: What is your favorite emoji? Don't say the banana one,
1: not the banana one, not the banana one. Uh, I really like the heart, the the guy with who's doing this, and the, and the hearts are like around him. Oh, oh, he's always cute. Um, I really like the sweaty guy, and he's like the upset, sweaty guy. He like he's got Why a lot of emotion like to him because he comes in handy in like sad times. Oh, okay. Um, it's probably a couple of others. That I'm not looking at, but I. bit you can't ever use the side eye guy or the winky emoji. They are both cursed, and you can't. Why use is that
0: a curse? I use have you, all the have time. you ever
1: sent what wink emojis? Yeah, always, I always never send wink ever. you But people understand
0: nope. that I'm just a very friendly person, so nope. they're gonna get never it. Never
1: send me a wink emoji or a side eye. Why? <laughs> because it's not okay. They are. Terrifying.
0: Why is it terrifying? Seriously? No. Oh, you're that kind of person. What was your first live show concert you ever went to? Who played, where, and how old were you? Oh, God. Okay, let me just. We'll just- oh,
1: okay. Okay, so I remember when I was 15, and I was 15, and my friend showed me like a Ah, what the hell, is like a scat band or something like that. It was a band that we went and saw, I can't remember what their name is, it was in Canberra. Um, and a band, it was like a seven-piece band, they were like, uh, rock band with like, brass players. And they like saxophones and trumpets and stuff, and it was like, the most high energy thing I've ever seen in my life. And everyone was like, going around in a circle, and like, jumping and doing this shit. I was like, the big dance that everyone would do, and it was like, I don't know, the that was still one of the most fun gigs. I've ever been to my life, I didn't know a single song, but it was like, it was called Capitanes, Los Capitanes, or something along those lines. It was sick, and it was, they were Canberra Band, and it was like, unreal.
0: I'm fairly new to production. What are some tips you'd give?
1: Um, oh, I, yeah. yeah? No. You, you fit? Yeah, no you, <laughs> do that, do that one. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that is always an interesting question in the sense that like, it's all, you have so many places that you can start. Uh, YouTube is obviously like a fantastic resource there's so much ooh, there's so much stuff out there that you can learn from there's so many videos there's so many like great videos these days especially so um, there's always a good starting point read books but I find the advice that I give everyone is that you should learn from other people as much as you possibly can people who who um, <laughs> You can, learn, you can just learn so much from other producers in anything that you learn. It's like if you learn from someone who's done it before, it's just going to be the most fast-tracked way.
0: Fake dub, what is your creative process for sound design?
1: Um, there's a million places to start, I guess. I do a lot of resampling. And that basically means that I'll make a sound, uh, press it to audio, then make another sound from that sound and just keep processing things that way because that was really cool because it's like you get a unique sound um, that no one else could have had because of the variables like basically the way that you did that there's almost certainly no one else who's done the exact same way that you have whereas if you just start off with say serum patch and make a wub then almost everybody who has serum can do that in Ableton so that's always kind of good Um, it's a good place to start I guess Um, but creative i don't know it's doing like it's always kind of fun to make racks in ableton because there's like almost no wrong answers you can kind of just chuck shit on and like hope for the best and like have these ridiculous long like saturators with ott's and um corpuses and like a bunch of other shit and then like map different like um knobs to one knob and then when you turn the one knob it moves like four other knobs and then creates some like wacky shit but yeah you kind of just that's always kind of fun. And the cool thing about that is that you can, when you turn these knobs like, so you basically just like press record on like in Ableton, or if you don't have that, like there's a thing called Audio Hijack, which like records your system audio and basically just like make sounds for like 10 minutes. And like somewhere in that 10 minutes, you're going to have some like wacky shit that you probably wouldn't have been able to come up with with just like one little MIDI pressed patch thing. If that makes sense great. Mm. Did you, you get that? Yeah I did. <laughs> you you got, that to practice. I got
0: everything. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay well thank you for answering your questions and sending over your questions. Yeah thanks but for the yeah, questions that's guys. It. That's it. Hell yeah. Bye guys. Thanks,
1: thanks Sidewalk Talk for having me on. This has been a uh, freaking awesome experience. Of course. Thank you, Gina. Of
0: course now we're kind of lost.
1: Yay. Yeah but... we gotta find our way back to ramen now. Okay. Sorry Josh.
0: Bye. Um,